Can't you see this podcast is just another layer of the game? It's all around us. We're all playing Griffins and Gargoyles, Caitlin. Hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. Okay, those are And not I'm the same. John. And welcome to the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. No, no, no. Okay, we're done? <laughs> cool. I see why people get annoyed by our tangents. Dude. But that's fine. We recently all I get is love for our oh, tangents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I guess this is a good time as any to talk about our social media plan going forward. First of all, we want to give a shout out to the person who created a Riverdale Register fan page. Thank you very much for that. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate you listening. Um, we do, however, have a finally have a Social media plan in the works. Um, I am going away. Riverdale is actually taking a hiatus, hiatus because I can't review it yeah. this week. Remember that time that we said next week there'd be a, there'd be a guest host? Turns out there's no episode. There's no week. episode. It was an April Fool's. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, so we'll probably churn that out and have stuff ready for you by the new year. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, guys. Anyway, should we talk about what we usually talk about, which is... The... The title of the episode. The title of the episode? Yes. Okay, yes. guys. I would love for you to talk about the title of the episode. So, guys, this is this episode is called Chapter 40, The Great Escape, um, and it is based on a 1963 American World War II epic film that stars Steve McQueen, James Gardner, um, and it is basically about people escaping from... <laughs> Are you serious right now? <laughs> From a prison, a prisoner camp in Germany. Right. So obviously it makes sense why it was the title of the episode because Archie makes a great escape. Um, also, there is a tunnel that they build. And when the tunnel builds, when they build the tunnel, people escape through it. And so that's kind of why it's relevant. Thanks, Kayla. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we want to do a whole podcast on Steve McQueen movies? Because I'll do it. I will. <laughs> this episode is written by two people. Greg Murray, who has only two credits on his IMDb. One for Riverdale's Chapter 24, The Wrestler, and this episode. And Ace Hassan. And this is their first TV writing credit ever on IMDb, uh, this episode of Riverdale. This episode of Riverdale? This episode of Riverdale is their first writing credit. Oh, because they on were IMDb. They were a production assistant on other things, so. Yeah. Cool, that's awesome. So good for good for you, Ace. Good for you guys. Because we love you. to both of you, this is my favorite episode of Riverdale. Really? I could talk about this episode of Riverdale for four hours. See, when you send me things like that over text, sometimes I don't know if you're being serious. Just like how I really thought you were very mad at me because I had to push recording back by like 15 minutes. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. It's great. This is also, <laughs> this episode is directed by Pamela Romanowski, and this is uh, her first episode of Riverdale, her first uh, TV directing credit as well. This is amazing. This episode was all like a bunch of first time stuff happening. Well, it looks like she made the movie The Adderall Diaries. Yes. That's a movie that I know. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's all. What's it about? It's, um, I think it's about a guy who sells Adderall at, like, a prep school. Okay. Didn't they do that? Didn't they do uh, a similar movie with, um... Charlie Bartlett? Charlie Bartlett, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think it's a little bit different in tone, mm. also. That movie oh, great. is different. That movie was, like, my foray into Robert Downey Jr. I think it was even before Iron Man. He was in... Charlie Bartlett? Yeah, he was the dad and principal. Huh. Yeah. And Kat Dennings is also in that movie. Kat Dennings is in that movie. And she's also in Thor. She's also in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I love that movie. Are these the tangents that people don't like? Dare to defy. So, John, you love this episode? I love this episode. Okay. Like, if there were... A, t- a teen TV show about playing D&D, it would look a bit like this episode. I There's a- so much happening in this episode to talk about. So The level of insanity here is so much higher than the usual episode of Riverdale, and I love it. Okay, so I don't disagree with you on that front, and I did really enjoy this episode, 
But I have a lot of questions about the logic of this episode that I feel like you don't have. There is no logic to this right. episode. Right, okay. Because so it's I all mean, in Jughead's head. What if Riverdale as a whole is all in Jughead's head? Well, that's in Rumor Mill. That's good. Um, yeah, that is in Rumor Mill. There is every, all the plots interconnect in this one, which means, again, we can't really do like the following different storylines way reviewing the episodes. So we've just kind of got to... Dive on it. Dive into it, yeah. So, I have to say, hate Jughead, right? Oh my god, Cole Sprouse plays unhinged so well. Like, Jughead is the fucking worst, It's incredible. Like, in this episode. Not saying really I'm gonna throw it out there. Dungeon Masters, Game Masters, GMs, they don't level up. Level three? What are you talking about? That's not how that works. Yeah, I was wondering that, because couldn't you just be like, oh, and I win the game. <laughs> like, And I'm God, I win, you all die. It's fine, yeah. It's also bad when your game master uh, lets the entire party die. Total party wipe happens early in the episode. Okay, so Jughead is like narrating a game of Griffins and Gargoyles, which is weirdly exactly the same as Archie's current plot happening in the prison. Yeah, that's what makes no sense to me, but I guess we'll just... It's the magic of Griffins and Gargoyles. Right. Okay. (laughs) This is stressing me out, but fine. And Archie's... Classic Archie. His big prison bait plan is let's run at the fence and climb over it in the middle of the day. Right. While we're out in the yard. That's gonna work. And then it doesn't. Yeah, why would anybody think that would work? Well, it's uh, like Joaquin fails his uh, dexterity check to see if he runs well and he trips, and then everyone's got rubber bullets and and uh, and Jughead back back with the kids playing Griffin Gargos, which is Cheryl, Tony, uh, Sweet Pea, and Cucumber Melon, aka Fangs, <laughs> is just like, and you all die. I'm like ah, that's that's pretty bad as a DM, as a GM. You you don't want your team to all die because then right. they're not having fun anymore. But I don't feel like Jughead's ever cared about fun in his entire life. Do you not agree with that? I don't know. Jughead doesn't have fun. He likes playing video games with Archie and stuff. They played video games one time and probably... And he had fun. (laughs) Because Archie asked him to. When they had that party in season one, when things were a little bit lighter and they only had to care about one murder. Right. Was he drinking with Archie and all of his friends? Well, no, but remember, he's weird. He's He's weird? He's a weirdo? He's a weirdo. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Jughead doesn't seem like somebody who would get along with me. Like, I would really, really, really want to be his friend because that's just how I am. Right. Jughead and I... Jughead would be the kind of guy who, like, shit-talks me behind my back. <laughs> like, I just know this. Jughead doesn't seem to shit-talk anyone behind their back. No, Jughead He just really... holds it all inside and just genuinely, generally judges people. Is that worse? Jug- it is worse, but Jughead definitely talks shit about Kevin. Oh, Kevin's here. I love that that's your fan theory. Yeah, no. The whole show, it's just Jughead doesn't like Kevin. (laughs) No, he doesn't like Kevin. There's a lot of evidence about this. (laughs) I might tweet at Cole's Browse and be like, does Jughead like Kevin? And he's going to be like, no, Jughead doesn't like anybody. That's fine. That's just... Except himself and Betty. Yeah. And it depends on the day. For himself, I mean. He likes Betty. That's when Betty shows up from the end of last episode. Yeah, poor Betty. Oof. She's like, hey guys, our parents played this game, and then she just finds these psychos. I, I don't understand why this game is so fun. <laughs> like, I get why You don't think in- it seems fun when they're doing the prison break thing later? Like... Well, I kind of get like why... Like, when all of them are, like, yelling to, like, keep, keep running and stuff? Sometimes D&D is like that. I get why it would be fun to play it when you were playing it. I don't really understand why it would be fun to start. It's not that I don't think D&D is fun. I don't I get gotta, this. We gotta play it as soon as possible, and know. you're like, not until I get back from my trip. You mean, I'm leaving on my trip in two days, and I have no time. So, so please. <laughs> I, can't, I can't foster another obsession right now, is basically what I'm saying. All right. No, we'll do it when you get back. It'll be great. It'll be good. And then you'll understand. And or maybe you'll understand. be like, wow, I hate this. I don't think I would hate it because I've definitely played weirder role-playing games, which sounds sexual. It's not. It's just too embarrassing to talk about on this podcast. So, Anyway. So, yeah, don't really get this whole thing, but really supportive of Jughead having interests. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. Well, 
The scene that follows is pretty fascinating about Griffins and Gargoyles. So the, the, the magical country that Griffins and Gargoyles takes place in is called Eldervare. Spelled incredibly strange. E-L-D-R-V-A-I-R. V-A-I-R. Which is an anagram of Riverdale. Sorry, that's uh, Stella moving her. The here. map of the country matches the Riverdale map. We saw that in the first episode. And the game is only in Riverdale. There's no sign of it online. Are they aware how similar it is to Dungeons & Dragons? It's weird. It's like there's no mention of right. Dungeons & Dragons. Do you ever watch Scary Movie? The yes, first one? always. Where the guy's like, I just saw this movie. And like, it's just like what we're going through. It's like, what? Like, it's similar? No, it's the same guy and everything. It's called Scream. <laughs> oh, I love those movies, actually. I love the first one and the third one. The third one's pretty great. The third one is so great. Yeah. And there's a couple of gems from the fourth one as well, but... I never saw two all the way through. Two and I know five exists, good. but I'm comfortable with not seeing that one. You don't need to see five. Yeah. Two is good. So Jughead gets so close in this scene to realizing that he is a character in an over-the-top teen TV show. Like, so the close. way he talks about how it's like, no, we've always been playing Griffins and Gargoyles. Our whole lives. What are the ghoulies and the serpents if not warring factions of orcs and goblins and... Someone needs to medicate these kids and it's just all I am obsessed with it. Uh-huh. What if this season actually ends with them being like, we're characters in a TV show? I feel like that would not be the show I signed up for. No. Though, and I would be upset. It... Listen, they're they're playing on a very high level right now, and if they don't, if this mystery doesn't come together well, it's gonna be real bad. Like they're playing with fire, I think. Yeah. The tea's not a lot of stuff. Jughead wants to find the game master, like the ultimate game master, who's been playing all of them this whole time since their parents played the original game. Right. Who may or may not be the person in the gargoyle king suit, but it's probably the person in the gargoyle. I king think it suit. has to be right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Veronica, for some crazy reason, is still living with her father. I know. It's, she can't find anywhere else to go. He, like, comes home. Jog's like, you should come for a run with me sometime. <laughs> I know you've disowned me as your father, <laughs> but, like, you want to come out and... You're still eating, like, at the fancy tea set. By the way, your boyfriend tried to escape prison, so we had him shot with rubber bullets. <laughs> anyway, gonna go shower now. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm going to get Archie out and walks away. Again, why? Why would you tell him that? He's not. He's your enemy in yeah, this scenario. Yeah, no, she's really tipping her hand, but that's fine. So he calls the warden, and the warden brands Archie. <laughs> what if Veronica secretly like, hates Archie? What a psycho. What if she's still upset about the Betty kiss I can't and she's believe, just, like, playing the long game? I can't believe they branded Archie. Honestly, that's the weird thing about this episode to you? The branding? I mean, that's hardcore. I mean, he has a. They didn't. They they brand him like on his on his waist, like below the line of his pants. But he's wearing pants in that branding scene, which means they branded him through his pants. I guess maybe those pants have a cool design now. <laughs> like a little hole for. Yeah, like a hole. Like seems like something Kanye would do. I don't know. And like they they be like really loose then. Loose fitting yeah. pants is kind of Kanye's thing. I feel like. If I was KJ Appa, I would only wear pants that sit below my hips so that I could show off my, like, very cut V muscles. Do you know what I mean? So you wanted to wear, like, a crop top and low-rise pants? Yeah, that's, I mean, if, I'm not saying that he has to wear it. I'm saying that if I was him, had his body, that's what I would do. That oh, would be okay. my That would be how I would live. Sure. I just feel like he should show off his life. So Betty tells Josie, Kevin, and Reggie about what happened last episode. And she asked them to find out, I don't know, what their parents might know about who killed the principal way back then. But they give them very little information. Like, she doesn't really tell them... Well, I assume she told them the whole plot of last episode off screen. No, she didn't. Because at the end of the, this episode, Reggie's like, what are we going to tell... What are we going to do because Betty's not telling us the truth or whatever? They don't know. No, no, they... At the end of the episode, they're like, don't you want to know what this game is all about? And then pull out from the gargoyles. Aren't you curious? Maybe I misinterpreted that. Possible. There are scenes I misinterpreted. I went back and rewatched it. And, and now you feel confident that I feel much more this confident is the best episode of the show. <laughs> this episode of the show. Oh, my God. 
You just love D and D. Yes, but also the just sheer level of weirdness and insanity in this episode is incredible. See, last episode was my favorite episode personally, but I understand why you would like this one. I think this season's just been really strong. It has been. Don't mess it up. Veronica invites her old friend Eliel over to the speakeasy, which I believe we're calling. Oh. <laughs> Also, can we talk about how he looks just like Jason Blossom? He looks exactly like Jason Blossom. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And like, he's I'm like, like, what? The ghost of Jason Blossom is in this week, He's the casino guy from last season, so he's like, you know, Veronica, you could add some, like, some casino stuff to this You could put some to, drinks in this goddamn bar. And you could sell some bar. alcohol. She's like, thanks for mansplaining my business to me. And she's like, no, you were And like, I get it, but Veronica, no. you're selling fancy juice. <laughs> No, That's your business. I feel like Elios It's music and fancy obvious. juice. He's not wrong. No, he's absolutely not wrong. And I want to know what this scene would have looked like if a woman had told her to do that. Like would she have like, still been like, excuse you? But he's like, you know, you could sell alcohol. Even if you sell it to like people of age, it doesn't really make any sense otherwise. Right. There's no way a bar would make money by not selling alcohol, it's, I'm just saying. This is a bad business model. Yeah, this is not a good business model. So, she asked Elio for help with the Leopold and Loeb stuff, and he's like, I'm going to talk to some people and get back to you. Also, I love how in the first season, we thought that, like, Veronica was, like, high society, um, like, Hilton type and no she's actually been a mob princess this entire time and she's like she didn't know even though it's been incredibly obvious <laughs> forever based on all of her family's friends right exactly uh-huh season two feels like they kind of pivoted a little bit it's like uh feel like it feels like they got Hiram Lodge on board with Mark and Swillis and they were like what if he was a mobster instead of like a shady businessman which is more fun <laughs> Like, it's definitely less fun if he was like, I am tax evading, you know, like, yeah. invading, tax evading. I guess, but it's, it's not, I don't know, I don't, I don't like the level of over the top that is the gangs, the gangster stuff. Yeah, nobody's having fun with the higher more no, stuff, it's not. I, I liked it in this episode, because I love this episode. Right, you like everything in this episode. Oh my god. Cheryl and Josie get Jughead that night at the, um... Sunnyside Trailer Park. Like the 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 boys fired an bow and arrow into their tent while they were about to get it on. Everything's happening off screen with them. Why That's is Cheryl fine. and Tony? Why are they hooking up in a tent? She has a ha- house. Does she have that house? Why wouldn't she have that house? I She's guess she control does. away from her mom, right? Yeah. So Nana Blossom and Cheryl live together. Is Nana still alive? Yeah. She okay. didn't, yeah. She didn't die. Sure. Or Cheryl lives at Sunnyside Trailer Park now. Also a possibility. Feels like she's kind of been downgraded to side character ever since season one. Where do people, like, their tents, where do they shower? Are there showers? Because they're, it seems like it's like, a, it's a campsite. Also, it gets cold. It, it snows. Like, yeah, it's almost like this isn't an ideal place to be, and they've been forced here by circumstances out of their control. Yeah, that's true. I see what you're going for. But it's weird that this particular night... There's only four people there. Yeah. Where's everybody else? They're at a party. All playing Griffin's Gargoyle somewhere? Yeah, but somewhere else. Right. Not here. This is And they're like, we wanna we wanna take the game into the real world. We wanna LARP. We wanna go off off board. Imagine a gang of like seemingly Ooh. tough South Side Just all serpents. LARPing. Just all LARPing. And just like being angry that Jughead won't allow them to LARP the way they want to LARP. Clearly, Jughead's still trying to control and, and like, keep them safe, I guess, in some way. Because he's no, like, we're Jughead's not going... No, control freak. Well, yeah, but he's also like, we're not going off board because that's when things get a little bit dangerous. Uh, and then, I guess, to maintain control, he does the psycho... <laughs> what is it? William Tell, who had the yeah. apple? He does the psycho William Tell thing where he, like, commands Cheryl to shoot this can off his head. They're really leaning into Cheryl being a sharpshooter. I'm fine with that. No, me too. I like, like Arrow. I like this. I'm ready for the crossover. Do it. I dare you. Would be weird, but we'll be into it. Elio asked Veronica to go somewhere incognito. So she puts on her dumb blonde wig again. <laughs> dumb blonde wig. The, the wig is dumb. Being a blonde isn't right, dumb. Right, right. I, I swear. The wig's not the worst wig she could have, though, honestly. Right. Could be. She doesn't look terrible. No, it, it looks nice. Like, she should never do that to her hair, but it doesn't look terrible. <laughs> 
Uh, FP finds Jughead's G&G book, and FP throws out theories about the old principal's death that I think you would do, Caitlin, where it's like, maybe there were other kids in the school. Maybe the principal was playing his own game. Yeah, I'm hoping that it's none of those things, and that it's... I'm hope... Well, I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah. I, what I guess I hope is that the Midnight Club thing wasn't just like a, and then somebody else broke into the school and killed him for other reasons, because I could see that happening, and blamed it on the Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. That'd be funny, though, if it was just how Cooper just killed him. Yeah, he's just a psycho. And he was just like, oh, is there other stuff going on here tonight? Ah! It's crazy. I caught him drinking some fresh aid and just decided to kill him. You know, like stuff stains your lips forever. Forever. So weird. Would anybody ever drink that if it made their lips blue like that? No. No, that would be like a huge problem with product testing. Right, exactly. (laughs) You'd be like, your Gatorade knockoff leaves people's lips blue for hours. (laughs) I mean, I, like, since becoming a grown up, I feel like I can't have, like, a blue lollipop anymore. You know? Things this show has made, has, has said are evil, are. Pop rocks, uh, pixie sticks, and now Gatorade. Someone like sugary, hates, sugary drinks. Someone really, really hates sugar. On um, this show, this writer's room has a lot of people on the whole 30, and they're like, no, sugar is evil. Trust me, when you go off of it, you will feel like you have tiger blood running through your veins. We do get a plot for Kevin and Josie. Yeah. Yeah, like whole Who scenes with siblings? them. Yeah, they become siblings. They ask their parents about their relationship, and their parents are cute together, and then their parents are getting married to each other. So, are they both divorced? I guess that means Kevin's dad is divorced from his mom. I don't think he or, was always, though. Or, that'll be a plot, which would be great. Well, but I doubt it. I think, gonna ret- I think they're going to retcon it so they're divorced. Yeah. that I mean... I don't think, though, that Sierra is divorced from mean jazz guy. I guess she is now. She is now. <laughs> She's a lawyer. She just did it really quickly. She lawyer McCoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot takes Veronica to a decommissioned rec center, which is mm-hmm. where the Boys Fight Club is. And she sees Archie let out with a bag over her head, but Oof. she recognizes him by his abs immediately, which is the line of the night. anywhere. She has several lines in the night, but after the fight, Caselli is like, he always wins. She finds him in the locker room and like, it's a well shot scene and all, but like they bone immediately. Yeah. Uh. And somehow during all of this, she does not notice the fresh brand on his waist. It's fine. He's fine. She doesn't see it at all. Do they even really pay attention to each other? <laughs> Do they care about each other? They care about having sex with each other. They care about having sex with each other. Yeah, they really care about that. She's like, let's do a prison break. He's like, I just tried one of those. And she's like, let's do a better prison break. (laughs) Um, Your prison break was just, let me try to rush this fence and hop over the fence. (laughs) This is not a prison break. You could be shot and killed very quickly. She has the second best line of the night, her her second great line of the night, when she's like, I don't know, I could escape down the drain beneath the beneath at the bottom pool but i don't know if i'll fit she's like curse your broad shoulders oh not as broad as mad dogs though no one is as broad as mad dog i'm also a little confused about how there is a giant drain that could fit a human not even a grate on it on that side you can just go straight down it's a little where does it go it's very confusing yeah i mean i know this is just you know it's riverdale it's riverdale so Veronica's like, when's your next fight? He's like, it's coming up fast. And she's like, cool, that's when we'll break you out. And I'm like, you gave no specifics in this. <laughs> Give me so a day. Funny. It's going to be Tuesday at 4 o'clock. <laughs> be there on time. We got to do this by the minute. No, it's soon. <laughs> okay, we'll break you out soon. Man, huh. At the same time, Jughead tells his players, like, hey, our next D&D session it's going to be soon. Soon is the time when everything is happening. Yeah. Uh, Betty's talking about all the side characters, your Reggie's, your Kevin's, your, your Josie's. Your Reggie's, there's multiple ones of them. When Betty, when Veronica comes in, it's like, all of you, you're not helping me do a prison break. Yeah. They're like, yeah, all right, we didn't have anything it's, else going on this, soon. This actually pissed me off a little bit because it was like how divided 
Veronica is from the rest of them always. It, she was like, She's Never always mind. in her own little world. Never mind your thing that's probably not important. Meanwhile, it's like, people are dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, Veronica, people are dying. <laughs> um, but let's just focus on getting my boyfriend out of prison, which is a very ill-advised plan. Like, I want him out of prison, but also, like, what happens when he's out of prison? He can't, he can't go anywhere. It's true. Everyone knows what he looks like because of the abs and the red hair. Well, they, they get to that, don't they? Archie should get fat. That's the only solution. It's the only solution. <laughs> I just want to point out how great it is that Betty is giving characters like Reggie, Kevin, and Josie stuff to do. Yeah. Like, they're... In this episode. Love when marginalized people are told by a white woman to do things. (laughs) I get it, but they have scenes without the core four. They do, which is exciting. They can form their own little core three. I want them to. I want the three of them to be, like, best friends with each other. Right. That would be funny, actually. And have the main guys be like, wait, what? You you guys have plans? Yeah, we hang out. (laughs) It's not all about you four all the time. Yeah, who can we throw in there to make it a foursome? Moose. Tony. Moose. Or Tony. Moose or, isn't in no. this episode. Moose doesn't get to know the secrets. He's not sworn to the pact at the end of it. I mean, I guess Cheryl could be in it, too. Yeah, Cheryl has so little to do in this episode except play G&G. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, sorry. There's a lot. Betty goes to tell Jughead about the breakout, and he's like, that's perfect. And does this creepy thing where he, like, strokes her chin. Uh, he's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to fold that into my G&G campaign that we're doing next. That would be when I broke up with Jughead. <laughs> Jughead, I'm sorry, but this is too weird And for she's me. like, she's like, all right, forget that. I'm, I'm taking your bike. <laughs> yeah, which I appreciated. Also, you know what's funny? At the time, I was like, oh, he's, like, bicycle. But then I realized that she meant his motorcycle. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, oh, I guess. Can you imagine this whole episode is exactly the same, but, but it's instead on a of a bike. motorcycle, That'd she's just riding a bike through yeah. the woods? I feel like Betty looks just really good on a motorcycle. She looks great with the leather jacket and the gloves and everything. Like, she really went full serpent. Yeah, I appreciated one. it. And not in, like, the creepy serpent dance way. No, that should have, no. Burned so the warden, the warden gives Archie a last meal. It's weird that he's having dinner with Archie's going to die today. It's he weird. He's the weirdest character in this show. It's so weird. It's a lot of weird characters in the show, and the Warren is the weirdest character in this show. His plot point plot line went somewhere. But this I was not scene, expecting. there's a lot going on in this scene. Archie's like, "Is this uh, is this on Hiram's orders?" And he's a little bit like, "Yeah, yeah, it is." He's like, "All right, how did?" Cause I'm gonna die. How did Hiram pin the murder on me? And the warden's like, "Well, since you're gonna die, and this definitely won't go back on me in any bad way, I'll tell you, he found Cassidy's friends and pays them each ten thousand dollars to lie under oath that they saw you do it. And now they're hiding, <laughs> maybe in the woods. But if it were me, I'd be hiding in the mines. If I had ten thousand dollars." I'd be hiding out of state. Yeah, that's what you do with the $10,000. In, like, a resort somewhere. I mean, the resort's not going to last you that long, but the money's not going to last you that long in a resort. In a cabin somewhere. But like, what about in the mines? The mines are fine. I don't place. need to live in the shadow mines. Is that... A at least they're not the Greenland mines, the, the Greendale mines, because that's where Satan lives. Yeah, that's true. I was like, do you think that's a reference to Sabrina? No. Okay. Because it's not... It's not Greendale. I know, but mines. The devil doesn't live in all mines. That would be silly. He <laughs> lives specifically in the mines in Greendale in one town? to scare children like Harvey Kinkle. Harvey I'm Kinkle. seven episodes. No, six episodes in. He scares easy, you know. He wears crop tops. Yeah. Weird. 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 Not the yeah, just not not our show. Uh, Not our show. That's some Stephen and Audrey territory. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, and everybody go check out The Binging Adventures of Sabrina. Nice. Yeah. Nice nice drop there. So, that's going to be important later. Like, we're definitely a couple episodes away from, we got to find those guys in the mines, and then we right. can clear Archie's name, and then he'll be fine. Like, all, all of this episode is basically like, um, yeah, the, the prison cruelty, and the we're going to find those guys, and... Archie's gonna Imagine gonna get off, if but like Veronica was just like, "I'll pay you guys sixty thousand dollars each to unlie under oath." But then I guess they go to prison. Yeah, it's really once you do that, you're screwed. You're kind of in trouble. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I mean, 
I'll say it. Okay. Maybe Archie would have saved a lot of people a lot of grief if he just uh, agreed to the mistrial. Yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, truthfully, I think he should have just kept his head down and just gone through the two years in juvie. But that's not Archie's way. In this juvie environment, I mean, the dude was going to kill him. You think? He was going to die no matter what in that ring. Just like yeah. how Mad Dog died. Mad Dog's not dead. You know this, Sean. I mean, my favorite part about this is that they just don't explain that in <laughs> any way. It's like, We're Mad busy. Dog's dead. And there's Mad Dog. <laughs> Well, it's how Fangs was dead. Cucumber right. Melon did not die. Right, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no, that's what you're saying. Archie keeps his head down two years, dies a couple times, comes back. Yeah, anyway. no one dies in Riverdale, not really. Except for the people Except who are murdered. Except for the murdered. people who have been murdered in Riverdale. <laughs> and those people die. But they come back as zombies. Like, the warden is, like, really horny for those Shadow Lake mines, though. I feel like he's really horny for the teenage boys. He's horny for Archie. Really, really horny. It's so weird. Archie's like, does Hiram own you? He's like, no. Not any mere mortal owns me. Okay. Just he who resides in the kingdom above, which is either Jesus. or Jesus. Or the Gargoyle King. It's the Gargoyle King, John. It's definitely the Gargoyle King, because this guy is banana pants. (laughs) Wouldn't he use that banana pants? This episode is banana pants. It's the only way to describe it. So Joe Jughead's bananas. Game, <laughs> I actually can't eat bananas. They give me a stomachache every what? single time I eat a banana. So weird. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. I also uh, don't do baked apples. Apple, hot apple cinnamon, apple pie stuff. My, I can't keep it down. That's so crazy because I make a really, really good apple crisp. Have you had it? No. Because you can't keep it down. And you've never offered it. Oh, I'm pretty sure I have, actually. I don't think so. When I lived in my old apartment, I would make it all the time. I never had it. I'm pretty sure I would have offered it to you. Caitlin, I'm telling you, I've never had your apple crisp. Okay, and you'll never have it. And I probably won't. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to hurt you if, like, you, like, don't feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Jughead's game proceeds in perfect sync with the prison break. Makes no sense. How is this happening? (laughs) Archie is the Red Paladin, captured by an evil emperor who is the Warden. Reggie, Kevin, and Josie go into the school and make smoke bombs because that's just a thing you can do in your local science classroom. It's very normal, actually, yes. Reggie, or no, sorry, Archie tells Joaquin something might go down today, but he'll come back for them. And Joaquin kisses Archie and and then then stabs him in the side. How did you feel about this kiss? I mean, when you told me it was in this episode, I thought... I thought it was going to be the single most important thing that happened in this episode. You Turned really? out to be so unimportant that it's maddening. That's the thing that I don't like about it. What if Archie and Joaquin just started dating? I was I thought it was like, man, is Archie gonna like learn that he's like bisexual or something? Is that how he breaks up with Veronica? That's a new aspect of the character. But I also feel like that's something where someone along the line would put their foot down and be like, Archie can't be gay. <laughs> yeah. No, I know, but that's like... The thing that is a bummer is not that... I don't necessarily want Archie to be gay, though I would love it. What is a bummer to me is that they kind of took that moment, which they knew wasn't going to be a significant part of the episode, kind of built a promo around it, and yeah. then... Like, I get it, because you want people to watch the episode, and you want people to be like, ooh... What? Why is Joaquin kissing Archie? That's weird. But, like, it just kind of feels... I think that Riverdale... I've actually... I know that this is an issue that a lot of fans have with it, and I don't actually think it's necessarily intentional, but I think a lot of fans are upset because... Riverdale does tend to lean into, like, queer moments. I was going to say, is this queer banning? Yeah, uh, that was what I was going to use, but I don't know if everybody knows, like, that term. But... Is it, it feels, this, the promo felt a little queer baiting. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal to me if Joaquin just kissed Archie and then it was just in the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like the fact that it's in the promo feels like, wait, what? Is there an interesting queer storyline? And then there's not. Right. And then when you have people like Cheryl and Tony who are in a same sexual relationship, they've kissed like twice on screen that mm-hmm. we've seen. And not saying that I need more teen hookups in locker rooms, but I feel like Archie and Veronica really get their hetero love, like, all the time. And I'm like, okay, 
I'm bored. <laughs> like, give me something else. It also doesn't help that Joaquin's kiss is merely followed by a stab and then psychobabble, like, <laughs> yeah. he said I'd get to ascend if I did that. Right. Which Why couldn't sends just... a message of crazy gay man. That had, I don't... I don't read that much into that, but I do think that, like, why go the kissing route when he could have just hugged Archie and been like, thank you, man, for being a good friend and stabbed him. You know what I mean? Like, unless they were... And then Jughead calls it a Judas kiss. Yeah. He could have... Yeah, there could have been other ways to do this. I don't think that Riverdale has ill intentions... I really don't. And I don't think they ever think that kind of stuff through. They don't. Yeah. They're just like, "Hey, would that be cool? That's awesome. Let's do it." Like, yeah. like they, they're just as soon as the idea comes in the heads, like that's so cool. Make it happen right now. And again, I do think that a that there has to be some blame put on the not the, not blame. I don't want to say blame, but when you're making a promo for something, you want to show the most enticing moments, and a surprise kiss is a surprise. They moment. could have just as easily been like. Mad Dog's alive. And people have been like, what? And and would have shown up for it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to know what it's like to create promos for things that entice people. And I don't want to really judge anyone too much. I don't think but... anyone like on the production team is cutting those promos. <laughs> like, the writer's, writer's room is not cutting that promo. No. Or writing it to, yeah. It's no. like a specific company, I think, does that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's Or like a, one person is like, I am the promo cutter person. Yeah. Or maybe it's CW, CW promos is like, they do that kind of stuff. I mean, I just think that I don't. I don't think it's really an issue in terms of this one moment. I think it's more of an issue. Oh, this is a thing that happens routinely, not just on Riverdale, but on all shows. It seems, or not all shows, but on a lot of shows. Not on Sabrina, actually. Sabrina, I think, is a little different, and that they allow what queer relationships to be more explicitly shown. Not not they're not great on Sabrina. What the cha- the Ambrose stuff? No. Remember when they take the four boys in the mines and then yeah, that's kissing funny each that other. You said that because I was and just then take about video that. and be like, you're gonna be so embarrassed when this gets out. That's, People might think you're gay. That's funny that you said that because I actually, I actually like talked to my editor about that and I think that I agree. You're right about that, and I'll show you after why. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, Veronica and Reggie get to the fight club. Uh, they both look great. Uh, Cheryl at the G&G table must be playing as Veronica right now. Because <laughs> uh, when, when Veronica is stopped, Jughead's like, what do you do? And Cheryl's like, I roll an intimidation check. And then Veronica scares the guy by claiming that she's related to the warden. Which seems way too easy. But right, because like, he's white and... She, she's, she's not. Latina? So. Yeah. Well, she but has a blonde hair. Dumb guard is like, she must have rolled like a high number, like a 19 or 20. Well, I thought yeah, she was posing as his wife. Thought she was posing as the warden's wife? Yeah. <laughs> is that wrong? With Reggie on her arm? Yeah. I don't know why. What? No. I don't know, man. I assumed it was like a daughter or a niece or something. I she guess. didn't get into specifics. Yeah, I don't know. I just assumed wife because she looks like somebody's trophy wife with that hair. She also looks 17. She's 25. In the context of the show. Yeah, I guess. When everybody looks 17 at 25. Also, like, Warren is definitely a gay man, so... You think? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he wants Archie so bad. Yeah, no, I think that he's just a weirdo. I don't think he has a sexuality. No, not for one second did I think she was pretending to be his wife. I don't know, man. That's what I thought. That never even occurred to me. I can't control my brain, John, just like the warden can't control his urges (laughs) to make teenage boys fight each other in in an empty pool. Fangs is playing as Kevin, clearly, because uh, he gets to, he's kind of focused on as Kevin walks up and sneaks the smoke bombs into the building. I don't really know who the other two are playing. I think Tony might be Betty, and that would make Sweet Pea, oh God, either Reggie or Josie. Okay, so here's the so thing. So one of an NPC. Can we, can we just admit that this makes no sense? Never. 
Okay, fine. We'll- the be- wait, the beauty is that it doesn't make sense. Uh-huh, okay. Except for when, it, for when, like, it weirdly, the parallels are kind of cool. The parallels are cool, but I think the show is implying that it is controlling the action. Yeah. And I don't get that, because that doesn't make any sense. But who cares? I guess. I'm surprised that you're... Are you drinking the J&G Kool-Aid, too? This is amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's fun, but it doesn't really make sense. I enjoy it. I like this episode. It doesn't make sense. And I just want you to tell me that it doesn't make sense. When has the show made sense? It has never made sense. So what's the problem? it has made more sense. This feels magic. Yeah. And is it magic? I don't know. Right. Isn't that exciting? I guess. But there's no explanation other than it being magic for this making sense. Right. Right. So it's magic. Or Maybe. it's just not. Or it's just coincidence. Right. Okay. I feel like... Like, obviously, they're not actually controlling the other people. They're just right. playing the game in the in the bunker. But the fact that it all syncs up is really cool. And it creates this effect where it feels like they're playing as the other characters. Right. That's right. You're right. That's right. what's happening. No, I know this is happening. And I like it, but it feels like Jughead thinks that it's real. Does that make sense? Like, I don't... I don't want this to be a whole season where they try to figure out if it is real or if it's just a coincidence. Do you know what I mean? No. Okay. I don't know what you mean. You're just in it? I'm in it. You're in it? Okay. It has gotten me. Stella put one paw on your knee to tell you that you need help. Don't get sucked into G&G. Archie's opponent is Mad Dog. Who's alive? He's alive. He's huge. Jughead calls him a resurrected hellhound. Ouch. Which is awesome. Betty breaks or messes with some car engines in the parking lot. Because she's a car person, which I enjoy them bringing back. There's a point where Mad Dog just seems to flex every muscle in his body at the same time. And you're like, oh my god, he's the Hulk. It's he crazy. He doesn't need to flex, which is disturbing. <laughs> Kevin is out by the drain being like, ah, there's a lock on it. When, like, Joaquin just runs by, so they must have let him go for stabbing Archie. Nice. And Kevin's like, Joaquin? What are you you doing here? Don't bother with Archie. I'm in a different gang now. Bye. Right. This is a whole different thing. Joaquin's going to be a ghoulie. Who are we kidding? I guess. He joined a different gang. He's either a ghoulie or, like, he's in a G&G group. What if it's both? What if the ghoulies are also, like, fascinated with G&G and, like, Penny Peabody's like, I don't I guarantee care. you they're going to be fascinated with G&G. Because it's the best game ever. Because both their parties are going to fight, and that's not how this game works, but that's fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever gone off-board? I've never LARPed. No. Okay. Because I would do that. I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that? It's just, it's not as intimate. It's like you and a bunch of your friends have to be, like, your own party, and, like, this guy is like... You're all in this field, which is a country, and different things, and I'm in charge, and I don't really like... That sounds great. And, like, you're all fantasy battling each other, yeah. which, like, is fun, but I like where you sit around at the table at D&D and, like, tell a story together. And you, like, drink hot chocolate and stuff? I mean, sure, do you want... If we can have hot chocolate when we play... Yeah, like, I do. My and guys maybe, usually smoke weed. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't want to do that. I want to drink hot chocolate. Or, like, drink alcohol. And maybe have, like, Christmas cookies... Yes, we can, we can do all of those things. Yeah. Maybe I can make, like, spiked um, hot cider. That could be fun. Yeah. And then just... you can Sure. That's not like... <laughs> it's not like that. that's what you need every time you play D&D, but right. that sounds really nice, and that's you should it. definitely do that. Christmassy, cozy. Yeah. Love it. It's so cute. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be I great. I think so. <laughs> I'm a big cozy person. Uh... Archie grabs Mad Dog during the fight. He's like, "We're we're gonna we're gonna escape through the drain." And he's like, "A, you're not going anywhere, well, because you got you got stabbed." And B, I'm not fitting down there because have you seen me? Yeah, I'm huge. You're small, Archie. You're a pipsqueak. Uh, Kevin leaves Betty with the grate to go after Joaquin. For all the good it does, he never catches Joaquin. <laughs> uh, Veronica sees Hiram there. He grabs her, and she just kind of steps on his foot and walks away. With and her then, secret stiletto. Right, and then Jughead's narration is, you've impaled the dragon with your concealed dagger. Exactly, that's what I meant to say. It's like, dragons are like high-level foes, so. How high-level? 
Really, really hard to fight. <laughs> They're like the strongest monster. Uh, so they all throw smoke bombs into the pool, and the shots are really cool. They do a lot of slow-mo stuff. They throw the smoke bombs. Mad Dog uh, decides to hold off the guards while Archie gets away. Uh, Betty gets Archie out of the drain and like puts a serpent jacket on under him. So you're like, oh, he's going to put on the serpent jacket. And uh, she rides away on the motorcycle with him on the back, and all the guys chase after him. And when Jughead, Jughead kind of overdoes his role as GM, he's kind of taking decisions away from the players, just like telling them what's happening. It's not great GMing because you kind of oh. want to let them have control. It seems fun, though. But it is. It is. Um, if I ever tried to do a plot like this in D&D, it would never go this way. Right. Knowing my players, they wouldn't... They, as soon as they walked in the building, they'd just start, like, blowing everything up. Wait, so when you say they start blowing everything up, do you mean that they would be like, and I'm blowing this up? Well, they would, like, cast a spell or something, like... Knowing them, they would jump straight into the f- straight straight into the pit and be like, "No, we're rescuing him!" And like, or like, they would distract some guys, or they would cause some crap. But like, so you they wouldn't stand and watch the fight even start. I know my players. So you, how it would work would be you guys enter the fight club, right? Okay. So if you, you walked in the fight club, I would describe to you what you're seeing. Describe it to me right now. You walk into a fight club. There are wealthy patrons milling about on an upper level with drinks being served. Down below in a in a empty swimming pool is a makeshift fighting ring with two teenagers going at it. One of them is the red paladin who you are here to serve. Okay, so for. I conjure up a magical sword that will kill all of the wealthy people. I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. In the game you have a character sheet in front of you that okay. has your stats and what you have and what you're able to do. So unless, like, you have a magical sword that you can conjure out of thin air, you wouldn't. Okay, I have a tiny elf who is my sidekick. Also, <laughs> not really how D&D works. I don't get it. So, assuming you're playing as Veronica. Okay. You, the things you have on you Are is... Are my stiletto. Your stiletto. Okay. Your dress... Um, and you're probably pretty good. You have a high charisma, so you can talk your way out of stuff. Okay. I take off the dress. <laughs> distract everyone. Everyone looks at you now. Okay, and then I take a stiletto, and I slice all their throats, and I kill them. Everyone? <laughs> everyone. All, like, there's, it's like, 60 of them. It's a magical game, John. You slice one person's throat. Eight people tackle you. The crazy naked girl. They <laughs> stop you from hurting any more people, and now you're in jail. Jail. Or they kill you. And then I lose? And then, you'd, and then your character would be dead. I you'd, can't play anymore? You'd have to make a new one. But, like, what, why couldn't you just be nicer and have that not happen? Because you chose to get naked and kill someone with your stiletto. Okay, I guess. You've got to act kind of logically. I guess. It's a magical game. That's fine. Again, you'll get it when we, when we play yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not doing a good job yet. When they're riding the motorcycle away from the from the prison guards, they mix in horse whinnies. Yeah, it is cool. It's amazing. They get cornered, and then they do the thing where the guy in the back takes off his helmet, and it's Kevin. Knew it. Which is brilliant. Uh, so where's the red paladin? He's they they it's Archie. They. I'm they asking you him. just as if I was in the show, because okay. well, assuming you're one of the people who broke him out, you would have made the plan. Where you swap him with Kevin. Right. Many D&D sessions have just been four people around a table yelling at each other, formulating a plan to do something really simple. That sounds fun. Yeah? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, the hourglass... Uh, the teens get Archie in the car, and then the hourglass back of the G&G table runs out, and Jughead's like, I don't, I don't know how it ends, which... Doesn't make sense. You should, because you're the, you're the game master. So... He's like, I thought I'd figure it out by the end. Like, dude, just pick one. Flip a coin. Is he alive or dead? So nobody else knows that Archie is the Red Paladin in this case. If It should be something that Jughead made up. Jughead called him the Red Paladin for the plot that he made up after Betty told him about rescuing right, Archie from prison. That's what I think. So the fact that the warden 
yells at Kevin, where is the Red Paladin, is banana pants. <laughs> well, here's my thought about that. It doesn't that. make sense. It shouldn't be possible. But it, it kind of makes sense if you think of, like you were describing, that the characters have different traits and stuff. So, like, Cheryl is the sharpshooter ranger person. Yeah. So it would make sense if, like, the Red Paladin is like, well, Archie has red hair, so maybe he has red hair. So they're like, okay, maybe, I don't know what a paladin is, but... So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, I get why Jughead called him the Red Paladin. But I get why the... But the only way the Warden could could know he's the Red Paladin is if the Warden is just a character in the game that Jughead is running. No, because... You're asking why does the warden also call Archie? He this? couldn't possibly know that Archie was a red paladin. Right, like he has a card later, but like, why? Well, Jughead made up the red paladin thing. No, I, I think that it was one of like twenty characters you could choose from. But he—that's my thought. But Ju- in this case, Archie's not a playable character. He's just. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. He's just a character in Jughead's game. It's almost like it doesn't make sense, Jughead. Right. Right. But will it? No. It might. It could. I'm not hopeful that this is going to all come together in a magical way, but you can be. It's banana pants. Banana pants. Archie drops in the bunker, and he's alive. And then they, they clean him up. And everyone's like, hey, Archie, you're... You're safe now. It's like, cool, cool, cool. What have I missed? And they're like, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you up later. Yeah. Buddy. Definitely not like super weird shit. By the way, Archie's going to get really into G&G. I can oh, see yeah. it now. He's like, wow, this is such a cool he's game, He's going guys. to love it. Because if he's trapped in the bunker all day, every day, it'll be his only escape. I guess, but he'll have to play by himself. Well, well I guess no, no everybody will play No, he'll just join Jughead's yeah. game. Or he'll, maybe he'll join Kevin and Reggie and Josie's game. Imagine if he just, like, swaps What clicks. if he just hangs out with those guys from now on? Yeah. That seems like a way healthier group. I know, it really does. Uh, concerned about Reggie and his dad beating him. Yeah, weirdly not that... They're weirdly not that concerned Nobody about Nobody was like, him. oh my god, Reggie, are you okay? Yeah, like, you wasn't... shouldn't stay there tonight. Right, no one, no one cared. <laughs> like, poor Reggie. Veronica makes everyone agree that they're in a pact. That... The bunker is a secret. The breakout is a secret. Archie's whereabouts are a secret. You don't tell anybody ever. That'll work out great. <clears throat> then she goes home, and her mom like yells at her dad and her about I love the this. Fight Club. I love that Hermione's like, "What the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing?" She's the only normal person in this town. To be like, "I'm sorry, a what? Right, exactly. A secret." Teen Fight Club? Can you imagine? I am the mayor. Can you imagine the newspaper articles about this? The BuzzFeed exposés? Meanwhile, lawyer McCoy, Sierra McCoy, is just like, man, it's a good thing I'm not mayor Thank anymore. Thank God. Like, I knew this was going on, but damn. I didn't say At least now I'm not the mayor. <laughs> uh, Kevin tells uh, Josie and Reggie at a scene with only the three of them in Pops. Again, this is like a huge moment for the show. He's like, yeah, hey, I, I lost Joaquin. <laughs> like, cool. You, you want to play G&G? Yeah, all right. Yeah, why not? They're all going to play G&G. And then an old-timey radio news bulletin tells everyone, like, attention, Riverdale. The horrible criminal Archie Andrews has escaped. He is a murderer and <laughs> should be considered good. very dangerous. This is your Betty voice. <laughs> it's my, my old-timey news guy voice. Yeah, it works. But, like, through the filter of an old-timey radio. Yeah. Uh, Jughead tells me the brand on Archie looks like, uh, one of the symbols from G&G, which is great. Betty asks if the Warden was playing. Jughead wonders if the Warden is the Gargoyle King, and find out pretty, pretty quickly that's not true, because the Warden just straight up drops some cyanide into a goblet of fresh aid and drinks it and dies. Imagine just being... All is, all while the mayor is, like, walking over to have a meeting with him. So that's not, you know, that's rude. Imagine just being, like, 60-year-old man, playing G&G, presumably alone. Alone, and be like, I lost that kid. Well, I guess it's all over now. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I almost feel bad for him. Yeah. This is kind of like Shawshank Redemption-y, but way weirder. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe he ascended and he's fine now. Yeah, yeah, maybe actually we're just really concerned for no reason. Everybody's happy. And Jughead finds the Gargoyle King out in the woods and 
that was before it, uh, them. Uh. And that's the end of the episode. So we hate Jughead now. No. No? Okay. No. No. Okay. Prom King. Uh, not Jughead. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Mad Dog was chill. Mad Dog. Yeah. No explanation why he's alive. And I don't really care. I don't care. He's probably not going to last that long anyway. You're probably never going to see him again anyway. No, he's dead. Uh, Prom Queen. Veronica? Or Betty? They're trying. Cheryl as Veronica. Cheryl yeah. playing as Veronica. That works. Is my prom queen. It's a weird way to put it, but that's fine. Man, you're not. You're nowhere near where I am. No. That's okay. That's fine. It's I fine. I will be when I ascend. That's fine. You chaperone. Just, Who's your chaperone? There really wasn't any that would. I would say Hermione at the end there. Uh, I mean, she was saving her own ass, but sure. I guess. Fred, he's probably... He's being, not... I know, but You can't give it to people who aren't in the episode. Yeah, but has Fred ever fucked FP's up? FP's just like, hey, maybe don't play the game. Right. I feel like, okay, fine, FP then. Uh, give it some sound advice. And who would you throw under the bus? Oof. Well, the warden's already dead. I would, Hiram sucks. I would throw Joaquin under the bus. Joaquin's just doing his best, okay? No, he's clearly <laughs> under the influence of the game. Well, if he's under the influence of the game, do you think that means we can't... It doesn't count. Because, like, so is Jughead. And, like, would we throw Jughead under the bus? Well, he didn't stab anybody. No, but he sucks, too. No, he doesn't. Uh, he's not listening to Betty. Betty's really, I don't know, not a big fan of Jughead being crazy. I guess Joaquin. He's been through a lot. Sorry, Joaquin. <laughs> All right. Do you want to jump into the rumor mill? Yes. Okay, so I actually really am very confused about this whole entire thing. But I don't think that I think it's just going to be a coincidence and that Jughead's going to read into the coincidences and that's going to send him on a bad path of like the the game being like Riverdale in real life. And I think that whoever created G&G is a long-time Riverdale resident whose family has history there, and that's why I think it's the Blossoms. There's only one person to be the Gargoyle King. Who is it? Don't you see? No. It's Roberto. Well, It's is. always been Roberto. The whole time. It's his Roberto's birthday. been pulling the strings all along. Happy birthday, Roberto. Happy birthday. Yeah. Roberto is the ultimate game master and the Gargoyle yeah. King. Don't you see it's all connected? It's... They've been playing the game this whole time. Well, we've definitely, they've definitely controlled us. They make me, they make us talk about it a week, every day, one, two hours during a week. We're just pawns in the we're game, pawns, man. Yeah, I mean, we're having fun because it's a game. Right. 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 Yeah. You I, think this is just a game? I don't. Is it a <laughs> game? They're saying it's a game, but then it has a real world. It's so very confusing. I don't really understand who the gargoyle king can be. I think my blossom theory still holds up. I really hope it's not Hiram. I will have a lot of issues if it's Hiram. I I really think that we just need a couple more episodes to get good clues. I have all the clues I need. Okay, John. Are you okay? It's all real. John, do you want to play that fun game that we played last time? <laughs> yeah, sure. We're doing two truths and a lie or two lies and a truth? You said last time it was three things. One of them is true. Okay. So, there are multiple people wearing Gargoyle King masks. Um, in a cult-like situation. Okay. Okay. Um, Alice and FP share a passionate kiss, and the kids catch them. Okay. Um, the Everly girl comes back and tells Betty that her mom is in danger. Who? That Everly girl with the red hair. Oh. Gargoyle King masks. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Good job. That was not as fun as the walking. I think the one. cult stuff is going on to the back burner. I think they're going to stop talking about the cult stuff for a while and really do heavy Gargoyle King stuff until like mid-season. Then they'll bring it back, break it, and then they'll 
bring more of the cult stuff and hopefully the Hyrule Legion of Doom stuff to the forefront because, like, they set that up at the end of last season and have done jack all with it this season. Uh, maybe it's all connected. Maybe the Gargoyle King's connected to the Legion of Doom. I hope not. Well, that doesn't feel like their jam. Yeah. Their jam is control. Honestly, my hope for Riverdale is that they Gargoyle cut... Gargoyle King is chaos. Is that they cut, uh... They cut Hiram out of the equation. Yeah, you told me that. I, I just really think he needs to not be around anymore. I don't think they're going to do that. I, it's in my, This is my issue with a lot of TV shows, is that they'll keep a character on way past their expiration date because they just like the actor so much. Yeah. And, like, I get it. You want to keep people employed, but also kill the character. Get rid of them, whatever. Let the guy go recommend them to a different show that you love <laughs> and like get them hired there but don't don't hold your story back because you want to want to keep that person around i just feel like if we have another season i mean even if we have a season where hiram is in prison or on a redemption arc or just something different i just cannot deal with another i don't think the show can handle another <laughs> season of hiram being Mad at Archie. If you say so, but that's always been something in the comics forever, is that yeah. Hiram Lodge does not like Archie Andrews. But it just doesn't feel like... Um, he never will, and right. I, but I think that's is. fine. But like he just can't be the antagonist of the whole thing. He's not the antagonist right now. The Gargoyle King is. But he is. kind of is, because he is in, involved so heavily in He's more of a prison. nuisance right now. Right. Yeah, I don't want that anymore. I'm kind of over that. I think he needs to be on the back burner for total, like completely. I hear, but I I don't think that's gonna happen. It might not happen. It's just what I want. Hmm. So, John, uh, what are you recommending this week? So, I just saw recently two trailers for Netflix movies coming up that they're really my speed. Uh-huh. I don't know if a lot of people know this about me, but I love a I love a good, bad, lifetime Christmas movie. Yeah, totally. And I'm very excited for the two new Netflix movies, Christmas Switch, ah. starring Vanessa Hudgens, where she is a baker who goes to a fictional European country to compete in a baking competition. I have not seen this trailer how and I have... meets a a like a like a princess or a duchess who looks exactly like her. What? So they do a princess and a pauper, they swap places. They fall in love, and there's a little child. Wait, who's they wise. fall in love. They're gonna fall not with each other. Can you imagine though? <laughs> oh my God, no, they so... they have like mutual they have love, mutual love interests, and then like there's a child who's wise beyond her years. I, I did and... falling in love with somebody who <laughs> looks exactly, exactly like you. Woo! That is oh, ego. That would be so weird. It looks so perfect. I haven't watched the shit out of that. There is now a trailer out for the Christmas Prince Two. The Christmas Prince Two, Royal Wedding. Or Christmas wedding. I think it's royal wedding. And it looks even dumber than the first one. And that really? first one is a special kind of dumb for so a Christmas dumb. movie. But this is every element of conflict they show in the trailer is the most forced. There's like no they're conflict. reaching so hard to be like, no, there's it's hard. It's really hard to be a princess of a <laughs> fictional European country. Where everyone's super nice all the time. <laughs> There's she's, really no goblin. She's just really not cut out for it. It's so dumb. Can she not wear her converses with her right. ball So gown? she's got like a wedding planner guy who's like giving oh. her these ridiculous dresses. And when 100% the wedding gown she wears, she will be wearing <laughs> converse under it's it. It's a callback. 100%. It's a callback. But you know what they could I hope do? they still have her dad, the, the guy doing, like, a really bad American accent. I hope that's still there because it's delightful. I love how... Did you ever, like, read the Twitter thread that's, like, they're in Chicago and then they're in New York? Where is it? It's, like, the, it's like a shot of, well, like... Well, like, they're definitely... I think they filmed it in, like, some weird, like, Eastern European country with, like, good castles. Like, like Croatia or something. Oh, Croatia seems so nice. (laughs) That's, like, my next trip. God, that movie. Do you remember how the the magazine she worked for? They had, like, like, a a big cover behind the woman, and the name of the pop star just said Pop Star. (laughs) It makes sense. (laughs) Like, it might as well have just been Laura Mipsum on the magazine. It man. That's how journalism is. As someone who works in journalism, it's exactly like the Christmas Prince. So if you want, a bunch of us are getting together. All I want. Oh, no, you're out of town. No. Shoot. Next Friday, we're all getting together. We're watching Christmas Switch. 
Oh, man. Uh, I'll be watching it on the plane on the way back. Very excited about it. What are you excited for right now? Well, I'm going to Tahiti. I'm excited for really that. And also, I really want to recommend, I don't think I've recommended them before. Maybe I have, but maybe I have not. Um, my friends have a band, but I don't want to, I, I want to clarify that I'm not recommending them because they are my friends who have a band. I'm recommending them because they are my favorite band. Gestures and Sounds. Gestures and Sounds are yeah. my favorite band. Um, they're now, on YouTube, Spotify. They are great. They're indie rock. Again, I'm not recommending them because they're my friends. They're my favorite band. In fact, I don't actually talk to them that much about how much I love their band because if I did, I feel like it would be weird. Mm-hmm. So on occasion, I'll just be like, Eric, I love your band. Like, <laughs> Eric, like your band is my favorite band. Yeah. And I feel like Eric just thinks that, like, Kayla's just saying that because she's being polite. Right. But no. Because she's the nicest human on the planet. Right. But no, they're my favorite band. And in addition to them having great music, which they do, I can recommend lots of songs. And I really want you guys to tweet me about this. I will definitely engage with you if you tweet me about this. Um, Unlike the rest of the time when you never engage with fans. Right. No, totally. Well, I missed a tweet and I was very upset about it. Basically, they make... You know how OK Go does music videos? Oh my God. Um... They do videos that are, I mean, it's not quite as um, gimmicky as OK Go, but they make all their own music videos and they do an amazing job. Like they have these crazy cool effects. Um, There's this one video for the song Coach where they're in the back of a a moving truck speeding down a highway. Mm -hmm. It's so great. I love it all. They are so talented. I really just want you guys to listen to them. And the reason I'm recommending them today is that... Um, oh, I kicked something because I was so excited. Today is Thursday, and tomorrow morning, their new album comes out. And so you guys should all download that. What's the name of it? That is a good question. What is the name of it? Come on, man. It, it has a complicated name. They're my favorite band. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to find it. Gestures and Sound, though, guys. Spotify it. Do all this shit that you need to do their new album, which is coming out tomorrow. They are really good. They are really good. Um, it is called Lightning is the Name of a Dog. So Lightning is an, is, oh, I'm sorry. Lightning is the name of a dog. Yeah, sure. That so, checks out. Yeah. Um, and it has a really cool statue of a dog person with a very cool millennial pink background. Um, Rose gold? No, it's like pink. pink. Oh, yeah, it is yeah. pink, pink. Anyway, they're great. I really, 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 really love this band, and I really think you guys, if you listen to them and you've downloaded them, that you would love them too. Maybe I'll link them in our show notes. Because we don't do that, but we should link things in our show notes. I don't know. You write the show notes. So right. I don't, so I don't that's really my fault. But I, I think I'm going to link them in the show notes. Great. Yeah. John, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, at John Patton. And you can find me on my blog, Catching the Rye, where Rye is spelled W-R-Y. Cool pie. I owe you all a uh, Stan Lee retrospective. Yeah, so. it's almost like you don't even care about Stan Lee, John. That's not funny, Caitlin. Oh my god, are you okay? He's, are you okay? He's kind of, his work is kind of responsible for who I am. Oh my god. So. I'm sorry, I was just joking. You seem really upset now. Where can they find you? You can find me at Riley Tweets on Twitter. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. You can find my dog on Instagram at Stella the Mystery Pup. And one day you'll be able to find us on a social media platform as well. But that's not today. <laughs> Over and out, River Vixens.